Oh, well, goody, I get to preach one of these messages. It's been on my heart for a little while, and I keep putting it off because I don't really want to have to do it. It's uh, it's two really, really, the S word and the A word, which is uh, submission and authority. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is one of those pastoral sermons that you, you that you deliver about once a year and wish you didn't have to do it. And it's not have to do it, it's in the Word, amen? It comes around and the, how many believe everything's in the Bible is there for us, for our uh, goodness, for our growth, amen? And uh, so, you know, if if this one steps on your toes a little, maybe, uh, just, you know, adjust your feet, pull them, pull them, pull them under the table or something, you know? And uh, this is one of those step on your toes messages. I'll just warn you. And I would, I would rather have in a guest speaker to preach this and I pay him an extra hundred bucks or something to say these things. But, um, it's, it's befalls me to do it. Amen. So anyway, the title is submission and authority in the local church. Did you know that there is uh, a government within the church? Amen. In the local church. And we're not talking about I think part of our problem with this message is we've had such bad examples sometimes, uh, depending on our upbringing, uh, denominational structure and uh, other things that have uh, ended up, if you're not careful, being a toxic situation. And uh, we certainly don't want to go to that. You know, there's extremes. Um, you know, we see the extremes right now in our in our culture, for example, uh, a police on police work. Uh, sure, there's been, you know, you don't want to go to where you have Nazi style Gestapo, <laughs> KG or, or uh, Russian KGB style policing and nobody has any rights or, or protections. Uh, there's, there's been police brutality in our own nation and probably in our own city, uh, and things that have gone awry. But then there's also the other extreme, which has been we've seen these cities that uh, have uh, defund the police, and now they don't have enough police. And uh, so now you have uh, criminals running the streets, kind of like the Wild West a little bit. So, you know, anything uh, on authority, we're talking about authorities, anything can get in the ditch. You can get in the ditch on one hand where it's everything, anything goes. We call that mob rule. And whoever's the meanest and the bulliest, you know, gets their way. Or then you got the other extreme, uh, where it's, uh, it's so cracked down that everybody's afraid to breathe. So we see that in culture, right? We see that in government. We see that in, in being a citizen and we, we try to, to have checks and balances. And, uh, so that's true with anything that has a structure and a government. Well, the church has structure. Amen. And it has structure for a good reason, and that is uh, so that we continue. Uh, what what did Paul say? That we continue um, to grow. That we're no longer children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. I've seen little Pentecostal churches where uh, the pastor did not guard the pulpit properly, and so almost anybody and their brother could get up behind it and sing something or say something 
that just cost they were there and they raise their hand, brother pastor, I've got something. And you know, you just sit down and let them have it. And, uh, I've been in that. Hey, anybody ever been in one of those deals? And it gets, it, it gets on your nerves after a while. And it's a good opportunity for the devil to be manifested and wrong things to be, to be put out. So it's, it, uh, a lot of the responsibility, uh, almost like a hundred percent, the buck stops here at the pastor's desk. And he's, he's the one that's got to answer to the Lord for, uh, what happens on that property, what happens in that building. Amen. And not only that, just uh, just uh, legally and and in in the society, the pastor is expected to be res- the responsible party. Amen. So it's you know a lot of people say, well, I wish I could be the pastor because then I could run things the way I like it. But uh, you know, a lot of times folks want the authority without the responsibility, and uh, it doesn't work like that. So a church is not a free for all. It's not a it's not a mob rule. It's not whoever's the meanest and can get up a group, you know, to run the pastor off. We've we we've lived through all of it. <laughs> Amen. And uh comes back around. Anyway, let's just look at the scripture. I can stand here and hypothesize all day. I just lost my notes here. See, every time I try to go digital, um there, there it is. Praise God. It didn't run away. Sometimes it's like the, uh, the digital demons get on it and, and, uh, and mess it up. All right. Ephesians, uh, let's look at Ephesians 4.11. So this could be like one of those sermons you shout on if you'll just get an agreement. <laughs> Amen. So I do say it with a smile. Uh, Ephesians 4. Anyway, like I said, oftentimes our, um, whatever we grew up with, whatever church we were raised in, uh, that in our mind is, is the model to follow. And, uh, there might be elements of that that are, uh, that are right. Uh, but oftentimes it's, it's, it's the wrong, it's the wrong, um, um, Model. It's the wrong example. So we try to follow and set up things according to the word. Amen. Amen. Ephesians four eleven. Um, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's a good thing. These fivefold offices are a good thing. They're a gift from the Lord. Amen. Uh, now, if you, if you don't, the, the, we're, we're going to focus today on the, on the, that one gift, pastors. And obviously that's the leader of the local church. And I've often told people for years, you know, pastoring, I said, if you can't respect your pastor and his decisions and his boundaries that he has drawn up, then you need to get a new pastor. If, if, if for whatever reason you feel like this, there's not enough there to, to, to be respected, then it's not your job to try to tear it up or challenge it or run over it. 
it's your job to say, well, maybe this isn't a good fit. Yeah. And uh, I've had plenty of people walk in my office and tell me that. <laughs> and they say, call me if you want to know my reasons for leaving. Well, I've never called anybody yet. <laughs> because what that situation turns out to be is, is sort of a, a, a threat yeah. of you do it my way or I'm leaving. Well, bye. Praise the Lord. And uh, um, in other words, that's not the deal. <laughs> Amen? And um, I think anybody with a brain can see that. Um, I have a friend in, in um, you know, one of the jobs of the pastor, the main job of the pastor, which we're going to see in a second, is to feed the sheep. To the, this, this piece of furniture, the most important, item in this building is this piece of furniture right here that I stand behind because it's it's not there's nothing holy about it it's a it's uh it's some um oak that somebody's trimmed and made the the probably the the pew the pew people the pe- the furniture people you know put together some some platform pieces one is this the other is the former communion table which is now our soundboard Praise the Lord, because it matches. But besides that, um, you know, it's a piece of wood. But it's what goes on behind it that's, in, that's the number one thing, is feed my sheep. Amen? And uh, what are you going to feed the sheep? Trash? I think if you had a flock of sheep and you just took the trash out and let them, you know, they're not goats, in other words. The goats will eat the tin cans and the, the newspaper and, you know, leftover uh, whatever you got out there. They'll, they'll literally eat the trash, the goats. But the sheep have to have a certain uh, kind of grass and feed and hay, whatever they, they, they feed sheep. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. But I'm assuming that you go to the co-op supply and get what you need or have it delivered for the sheep. Or they graze on certain pasture land. Amen? So you know, there's a certain food that would go for the to feed the sheep and to make sure that they're strong and healthy. Amen? And producing what they're to produce. So it's the same with the word. Uh, the number one job, of course, is to preach the word. But the second job is, is to make sure that the church runs smoothly. And that uh, people's needs are being met uh, in, spiritually, and, and that in that regard, Amen. Um, so uh, Ephesians again, again tells us that if we will submit ourselves to this, to the office of pastor, this is about the office of pastor. This is not about me personally. This is about the pastor's office. Um, that we that what will happen is that we will all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge. This is verse um, 13. The knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a lot, but sounds like all good stuff to me. Uh, that we henceforth be no more children. Now, you know, it's like Brother Hagin used to talk about this. He said, you know, if you have a two-year-old that has a fit and falls on the floor and kicks their 
feet and roll, you know, under the pew or whatever. Everybody kind of understands that, you know. It's a two-year-old. But if you had a grown person, 45-year-old adult, throw that same fit, you, you'd almost want to call the state hospital people and say, we've got a, we've got a candidate here. I mean, that would be just bizarre, wouldn't it? So it's, it's, we don't want to, we don't want to behave like children when we're supposed to behave, be, be behaving like adults. Amen. Well, why does a child throw a fit? Well, cause they didn't get their way. So if you don't, if you, if you're a fit thrower, cause you don't get, get your way, you're spiritually and, uh, in the church, you're behaving like a child. We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, it's a good place to be if you want deception. Amen. Uh, but speaking the truth in love, because we're not speaking the truth to, you know, rebuke anybody or, or, or well, unless they need rebuking. But speaking the truth in love, in other words, it's not in anger, it's not in hatred, it's not in meanness, it's in love. You know, if you, if you, again, raising a child, you sometimes have to correct them. <laughs> and, uh, the Bible says if you don't correct them, that you're hating the child. So, um, there's this new, uh, style of, and if you're doing this, please don't get mad and leave the church. But uh, there's this new style of, of, of child rearing we, we've read about and heard about called free range. And they just let the kids, you know, if they want to touch the hot stove, you let them. If they want to run out in the street, you let them. If they want to do, you know, let them experience life and find out for themselves. Uh, Scarlett and I, we were had a few vacation days last year and, we were at a very nice restaurant, very nice, inside of a very nice hotel. I mean, an, an over-the-top, really cool place. Um, we were in North Carolina, and we were uh, there with uh, Scarlett's daughter and grandson and, and having a nice time, and th- some of these free-range folks walked in. <laughs> and uh, they had their children, just their children were running all over the restaurant, you know, throwing water bottles against the wall and I mean they could have hurt themselves or somebody else and uh, of course you know the manager these days the manager didn't dare say anything because you know that would might start to march and burn the place down I don't know but I mean it was out of control and so that again we have extremes maybe maybe one extreme is you know you you want the Mormon tabernacle where you drop the pen and you know you hear that you hear the pen drop literally but uh, you, you go from one extreme, uh, screws down, nobody breathes, all the way over to, uh, to, 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 to just anything goes, like Cole Porter's song. <laughs> I think he had something else in mind when he said anything goes, considering his history. He was a little on the kinky side of life, but... Um, uh, uh, you know, if we're not careful, we, 
We go from one, again, it's just, it's so easy to drive the car into the ditch. You just keep it in the center of the road and you'll get there better. Amen? If you keep going in the ditch. So we don't want to go in the ditch, one one extreme over here, another extreme over there. Uh, any, uh, and that, again, is that every wind of doctrine thing. But we want to speak the truth in love. So sometimes correction is in order. Amen? Uh, may grow up. Woo! I'm wanting to grow up. How about you? Oh, I, I got a lot of, go- I got a long ways to go. God help me. Grow up in, in, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, if we had time to keep reading this, maybe we will on a Wednesday night or something, go through deeper here. But it's all good things. Amen. And we're all part of the same body and we're all wanting to grow. So we have to recognize these gifts and these offices and uh, and be respectful towards them. Amen. Nowhere does it say that you have to agree with everything. A lot of people feel like, well, if I don't agree, I'm not submitting. Well, and that's the problem with some marriages. That's the problem with, with some churches and some ministries. Is like, oh, I'll, I'll submit as long as I agree. But the minute I don't agree, I'm not submitting. Well, then you're not submitting at all. You're just agreeing. <laughs> Amen. Well, you don't have to agree, but sometimes you just have to comply. (laughs) I don't agree with the tax code, but I certainly comply. (laughs) Because I will comply one way or the other, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Right? So you don't have to agree with everything that you comply with. You don't have to like it, necessarily. You don't have to be thrilled about it, you, you, but you do have to comply, amen, amen, if you're going to be a part of the vision. I know what I was going to tell you. I had a pastor friend in uh, in uh, Birmingham and had a quite nice church going, pretty large, and a man came that was uh, well off and a supporter of the church. Uh, maybe was on the church board, I don't know, but anyway, he came and he wanted to meet with my pastor friend, and he said, can I meet with you? And he said, yeah, you can meet. And so they met. And he says, I don't like the direction the church is going. And he said, okay. He says, well, I've got a different vision for the church than you do. And the pastor said, well, the word division means division. Now, that's that's really taking liberties with the king's English. But in other words, it's a vision that's cut in half. A division means divide. And so if you don't have vision, you've got division or division. We, we pronounce it division. He said, well, I, I tell you, I've been watching you and thinking. I said, I can, I can pastor this church uh, as good or better than you because I see what all is needed. He said, well, I don't, I'm not surprised at that. He said, I'm sure there's a lot of people here that, have, that are smarter than me, that might have you know, more abilities or whatever. He said, there's only one problem. He said, what is that? He says, I'm the pastor and you're not. In other words, I've been placed there by, uh, sure, men sign off on it and appoint and whatever, but I've been placed there by the Holy Spirit to lead this particular part of the body of Christ. If you'll approach, if you'll approach your pastor in that way of, you know, you don't have to like everything he does. You don't have to like Maybe things about the way he lives you don't like or whatever. You don't have to like it. But uh, you have to respect the office 
that the Holy Spirit and the Lord has put into place there. Amen? Now, if you will, if you'll do that, you'll get all these benefits here. If you kick and fight against it, you know, well, you don't, it doesn't work for you. Amen? All right. A lot of shouting today. Look at John 21. The Lord's put this on my heart for about a month, and I keep putting it off. So I decided to get it over with. It's kind of like a colonoscopy or something. (laughs) Just get it over with. Praise the Lord. John 21, uh, 15. Um, is that where I want to? Yeah, through 19. And uh, he um, he said, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, uh, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lambs. And he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yes, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee, he said unto them. In other words, if you if you love me, the implication is, feed my sheep. And he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Like, why? what is this point of this? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Um, and then uh, we're, we're going to just stop there because the rest is about his, prophesying his his own death. But you can see that the emphasis is placed there, amen, on feed my sheep. So the the word pastor literally means shepherd. So the shepherd of the sheep, the pastor, his job, number one job, is to feed the sheep. Now, he doesn't have to be the only one feeding. He can have folks that he's appointed and asked to, you know, like if we're gone out of town and we'll have uh, Brother Dave or, or, or Sister Michelle teach or preach, amen, sometimes others. Uh, Shannon has, amazing, has an amazing job teaching the Word, amen. And sometimes we'll have a guest come in. But in other words, that this is the feeding trough right here. <laughs> Amen. And we feed the sheep. Praise God. Um, look at uh, Hebrews. We're going to get into some more scriptures here. Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Y'all getting anything out of this today? Hebrews 13. And verse 17, uh, here it, the instruction, we believe it was Paul that wrote this, can't prove it, but most Bible scholars agree Paul wrote Hebrews. Obey them that have the rule over you. Now, that's a big word, obey, and this is New Testament, folks. 
Now, you know, we've got, I, I consider myself a, a preacher of the message of faith and the message of grace, amen? Yes. Both found in Ephesians 2.8. And uh, the name of our magazine, for example, is, uh, is Grace uh, and Faith Journal. And uh, so we believe in, in both, amen? Yes. Well, you know, there's problems with the faith camp. <laughs> There's problems with the grace camp, too. One of them is they hate the word obey. <laughs> like it's some kind of the O word, you know, it's like a curse word, obey. It is four letters. Four-letter word <laughs> is obey. And, um, oh, boy, they, you, you know, I don't know. I think if I got invited they, they stopped inviting me. I think they figured out I wasn't grace enough. But um, you got it. The, I don't get invited to the faith things because they think I'm too much grace, and I don't get invited to the grace things because they think I'm not enough. Anyway, can't win. We can't be make everybody happy at once, can you? But uh, a lot of folks don't like the word obey because it just it. It just, it just sounds like there's, there's no option. But obedience does not have to be a negative to our life. It can be a joy. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you. Wow. And submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with love, joy, sorry, joy, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So praise God, there's a scripture that, uh, boy, now the church of God loved that one. I grew up, I memorized that before I did John 3.16. But, um, you know, and again, any any scripture like this, for example, the scriptures that the, the admonition that Paul has given uh, to husbands and wives, Amen. Um, somebody might use that to, to be abusive with it and call that, you know, I'm wanting you to submit to me. Well, somebody said one time there's a difference between submission and suppression <laughs> and abuse. You cross over into abusing people. It's the same with, with the leadership in the church, uh, the concept of obedience. It can be used as a negative, as a whip, as a weaponized, weaponized that, that uh, authority. But, you know, it's kind of like anything else. If you're not careful, we're so afraid of the extremes that we can't get in the middle on it. And uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, anything with more than one head is a freak. You know, they used to have sideshows at, at anybody would go to a circus or a, or a carnival and they had a sideshow. You know, and it was some freak thing. They'd sometimes have a two-headed snake or they'd have something else that was freaky, you know. Yeah. A two-headed goat and every now and then some weird thing happens. Kind of a Siamese twin type situation. But uh, anything with more than one head is not, is not, is not considered normal. It's an ab, it's an ab, abnor, abnormality. Yes. Amen. Amen. And, uh, 
the office of pastor is not a committee. Now, I was in an actual, we, we were in a Word of Faith conference with a, a group. It was not Rama, just so you know, it was not Rama, because they would have never agreed with this, but it was another faith group. And uh, great people, good people, we love and appreciate them. But they were having uh, the senior pastor of a large church get up and talk about how that he allowed his youth pastors and uh, younger folks that were around him to own his sermon material that they could they they inputted they inputted that's that's not that's not English they had input into into his his sermon that that he that he owned nothing as far as the leadership now see if that turns you on right there and makes you wish you had that there's something wrong with you if you would love everything to be a vote and a committee and a group decision, then then you've got problems. Because that's not the the way that the New Testament church was set up. Praise God. You say, well, I think that's fair. It's a democracy. Well, the church is no nowhere does the Bible say the church is a democracy. It's not. It's a theocracy, as Kenneth Hagin put it, and it's got definite lines of authority written out in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, I was talking to a friend of mine about this Israel thing. We're talking about authority, talking about uh, Israel. Uh, He's Jewish and uh, is a good friend of mine, and um, he said that I made the statement this was early in this war. It's been going on, what, a month or six weeks? And I said, uh, well, Israel has the right to defend itself. And he said, you know, everybody says that, but he said, that's not quite right. I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's not a right to defend it. It's a responsibility yeah. to defend it. Yeah. And that changes the tone of it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not only It's not only their right. That's a given. That's almost an understatement that I made. And I said, you know, you're right. I stand corrected. I'll never say that again. Israel has a right to defend itself. I said, Israel has a responsibility. The pastor in any church, whether it's this one, again, I'm talking more about the office than I am myself personally. The pastor in any church has not only the right, but the responsibility Amen. To guard the authority that comes with that position. Well, who's he responsible to? Well, the Lord, remember, he said that we give an answer for how we conduct ourselves in that leadership position. But it's also a responsibility to the congregation. Amen. Praise God. We could shout on that, but we don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there is that word, obey, O oh Lord. Again, if the grace camp ever in, re-invited me, they used to invite me, and then they got mad. Uh, but they call me old school grace, because I, I don't sign up for everything. But wouldn't that be a great scripture to open up with at the grace conference? Obey them that have rule over you <laughs> and submit yourselves. 
Amen. Well, we all struggle with that. We all really have submission issues, if you think about it. But then we have to just grow up in God and say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that. Amen. Yeah. All right. Praise God. That's, that's always the banner scripture right there. Uh, look at second Timothy four, two. Some, you know, somebody might say, well, I just don't agree with the way that things are going. I don't like it. Well, like I said, you we can't make you like something. <laughs> you either like it or you don't like it. But there's no, there's no mention here of what to do if you don't like it. Amen. Yeah. Um, again, don't have to like it, but, but do have to comply with what the leadership is doing. Amen. Amen. Otherwise you will never, we'll never grow. We'll never, we'll, we won't grow folks. We won't. You say, well, the former pastor, they just let us kind of do whatever we wanted. Well, what does that have to do with me? And I'm just going to say that sometimes those, that style of leadership of anything goes really does a disservice to the congregation, to individual church members, and to the vision of the church itself. Amen? So, you know, things, well, we just want freedom. Well, we have freedom, but that's like saying, I don't want the Air Force anymore because I just want freedom. Well, I think we might need them. Amen? All right. I knew this was going to be a stem winder. That's why you only do it about once every. I don't think I've ever preached this in this church hardly. It's about time. Trying, trying to. Uh, sometimes I, I struggle. Let me tell you what my weakness is. I want everybody to love me and like me, and that's a that's a that's a that's a weakness in leadership. And so then I have to get to the place where. Uh, it's not my, it's not, that's not my call. That's not, I, I can't be that codependent that I'm trying to make everybody love me and like me. If you love me, praise the Lord. You're following the word. If you like me, fine. I might do something that you don't like. And so, you know, that's your call if you like me. That's your call if you love me. It's your call if you respect me. I cannot legislate that. I can't, and I can't walk a tightrope of life to make sure that, you know, oh, this, this side likes and that doesn't. Oh man. I've seen my father got up when the church was, they were all at each other's throat. A big church. I'll name the church. It was the Crawford Avenue Church of God in Augusta, Georgia. My dad was the pastor and they got into it over God knows what. And, uh, of course, the pastor's always to blame. And I saw my dad get up in a pulpit and cry tears, saying, I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. I, you know, I want to, you know, he was very concerned that the congregation loved him and liked him. And I'm telling you, they just got meaner. It was like saying, sick them to a mad dog. It, it escalated after that. And I made a vow then and there, I will never do that. <laughs> I will never get up and cry and say, I hope y'all love me. 
because I, but I do. I hope you love me, and I hope you love the office that that I represent and and like me. But that's not my call, and I'm not going to try to walk on a tightrope to make that happen. Praise the Lord. You know why? Because I want mental health. And if you're crazy, get some help, but I'm not going to join you. And let your crazy drive me crazy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because that would that would be... Again, that responsibility thing, that would be shirking responsibility for some kind of weird codependent need in me. Amen? Praise the Lord. I sang to who I need, and that was the Lord today. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. Amen? Well, we need each other in some general way, but if you're, if you're having to tap dance to keep somebody happy, um, you got the wrong song on the radio. <laughs> Amen? Preach, Pastor! Thank you. Praise God. Where are we? Second Timothy 4, 2. Now this is the admonition of Paul to Timothy, his son in the faith, who is a pastor and, and is, is, he's kind of giving him, I believe, a word from the Lord about pastoring. He says, uh, I charge thee, in verse 1, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a serious charge. This isn't just a, a what do you call it, a, a get a clue or a tip. That's what I'm This isn't a tip. This is a charge. And he says, uh, preach the word. Number one, preach the word. We don't preach issues. We don't preach cultural, you know. I don't get up and preach that girls' skirts are too short and whatever, you know, all that. It's not my, that's not the word. Preach the word, amen. amen. Now the word does say something about modest apparel and all that. But I grew up in Pentecost. Modest apparel was awfully close to just putting women in Pentecostal burkas. Like the Pentecostal Taliban, you know, they'd measure your hair. And uh, the boys got the hair measured to see if it touched the collar. Well, mine always touched the collar because I have a short neck. Some dude with a big, long neck, he could have longer hair. That was unfair. And then, you know, the girls, the girls, they, their skirts had to be, you know, it, it finally went from three inches below the knee to two inches to one inch to uh, middle of the knee. And uh, my mother, you know, who has never been super excited about rules, my mother, the pastor's wife in Atlanta there, I'll never forget the Wednesday night that she decided she was going to wear a pantsuit. This was a big deal. And when she did, the next Wednesday night, all the women wore pants. She broke the skirt rule. Of course, that gets around, you know, and you go to some conference. And Did you hear about Sister Horton? She's wearing pants. Oh, my Lord. What's it coming to, you know? 
So when I talk about legalism, I have a PhD in that, man. I just grew up in legalist legalism. Um, so we're not preaching denominational rules. We're not preaching, you know, just our opinion. We're not preaching what CNN, we're not letting CNN and Fox News and MSNBC or whoever else dictate the sermon. We're not letting the New York Times tell us what to preach. We're not letting the federal government tell us what to preach. We're not letting Dr. Fauci tell us what to preach. I told you that Scarlett and I were at this thing in Washington, you know, General Milley's um, the retirement ceremony, and the president was there, the vice president. And I looked down about three rows in front of us, and here stands Dr. Fauci. So I said, Scarlett, look, there's Dr. Fauci. So I was tempted to go stand next to him and cough really hard. And then I was going to point at and say, you're that Dr. Mingala, right? Dr. Mingala, anyway. But these were all ungodly thoughts that I had to cast down. Dr. Mingala, anyway. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Fauci. Praise God. We're not preaching that. We're preaching the Word. Try to stay with that. Be instant in season and out of season. Always be, always be ready to go. Um, Sister Michelle learned that the hard way with me. She had an idea, and I said, okay, you're on. <laughs> Reprove. Now, here, now, folks, this is the admonition of Paul to Timothy, the pastor. So this is to all of us. Preach the word, be ready. In other words, be ready, instant in and out. Reprove, rebuke. Ugh. Wow. So if there's a sermon and it gets a little rebukey and it's from the word, we have to receive it. Amen. Well, I don't like that tone. Well, what kind of a tone does a rebuke have? There's not a nice rebuke. Exhort, that means, exhort means to, to, to really to preach, to exhort means to encourage, yes. amen, yes. build up. Now, if, if all the guy does is rebuke, well, you got a problem. Because yes. you've got to do all this. We've got to preach, we've got to reprove, we've got to rebuke, and exhort. All that together, Amen. Yes. We need it all. It's like having a, a, we're talking about this Thanksgiving dinner. It'll have elements of all food groups. <laughs> Amen. Represented. And any one of them, just, if you just had one thing that could satisfy your hunger, but it's, it's a lot, uh, it, it, it's more balanced. Amen. I'll call it a balanced diet. Amen. All these, that's why some of these diets are a little weird because, you know, I remember one girl we had at working at Raymond, she was always on a diet, the newest diet of whatever came out. And she never lost weight on these diets, but she was spent a lot of effort doing it. 
Well, one of the diets was the watermelon diet. All she's going to eat is watermelon. Well, then somebody else was on an egg diet. They were boiling, you know, two dozen eggs every day and eating hard-boiled eggs all day. Well, now, I know how why these diets work, because eventually you start gagging over the same food, and you don't eat at all. It's called the gag-me-to-death diet. And I tell you, there's been foods, you know, I've been on, I've been on a diet most of my adult life. And, uh, somebody says, is your diet working? Yeah, that's why I got a problem. Whatever I'm eating is working to gain weight. It's working. Well, you know, I've been on a diet, every kind of diet there was, from Mediterranean to Tasmanian, I don't know. And what'll happen, what's been happening to me is that if I go on a weird diet that's pretty restrictive, you know, like you have to have just a piece of grilled chicken and asparagus. I can't even look at grilled chicken and asparagus hardly without gagging because I overdid it. You know, 20 years of of grilled chicken and and an asparagus spear, two spears, you could have, you could direct something. And they're both wonderful. Don't get offended if I'm if I'm criticizing your favorite things to eat, but I'm just telling you. For me, all of a sudden one day they served me this diet food, and I thought I was going to have to go to the men's room because I thought I can't eat that anymore. It's just like my system was like, ah! Are you listening? So. We're not here to preach diet, that's for sure. How about that? Anyway, exhort, we, uh, what I was talking about was a balanced diet. So we need a balanced diet when we're feeding the sheep. Well, if all you did, somebody might say, I just love chocolate or I love a hot fudge sundae or I love ice cream. Well, that's fine. You can have some of that. But if, all, if that's all you ate was something sugar-coated, you're not going to have the nutrition that you need. Amen. I'm just trying to use an example. It says, uh, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, be patient. For the time will come, and I think we're there. I think we're at this time. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And so he says, but watch though thou in all things endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, meaning, you know, reaching out to, to with the gospel, make full proof of thy ministry. So in other words, make full proof of thy ministry means to to prove your calling, to prove your ministry, you need to do these things that uh, Paul was instructing Timothy to do. Amen? Okay, we've got just a few minutes. I'm, I'm a little over time today. I'm sorry. Uh, look at uh, Numbers 12 real quick. Uh, we'll look at maybe not the whole, not that whole passage there. Numbers 12. 
uh, one. Now, this is kind of what just a, a warning. Again, this is Old Covenant. Thank God for God's grace. Amen. Um, and then look at uh, verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. They decided that they didn't agree with that. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. <laughs> um, and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Uh, in other words, who does he think he is? And you know, I, I don't have to listen to him. And... uh this can happen. I've seen this spirit get in a church. I've seen it happen where people, you know, who do they think they are? And oh, they're not all that called. And, you know, we had somebody recently just say that uh, Scarlett and I were called to be pastors. We really had no business trying to do it. And that we should uh, we, we should stop trying to do it. And that's really kind of the implication here is who does Moses think he is? Um. So, it says the Lord heard it. Uh, I believe the Lord hears these things and looks at the heart. Yeah. Now, the man Moses was, was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. That's pretty amazing. The Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, you three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. He said, Hear now my words, is if there be a prophet among you, if the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall be beheld. Wherefore, then, were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And, uh, of course, what it ended up, <laughs> what it ended up being is, uh, just to shorten this up, is they came down with leprosy. And uh, then they were healed. Amen. Now people say, well, uh, you know, there's a picture of God. There's a picture of his anger, of his wrath. And, and it is, you know, God hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is we've got grace. God's grace. You know, if it wasn't for God's grace, I'm not sure if a third of the church would have survived by now, including me, <laughs> including me. Uh, but God is love. Amen. Amen. And he, and his greatest thing, I believe God's desire is for all of us to judge ourselves and to just line up with the word. Amen. Cause there's a blessing there. Amen. Well, you say, well, I'm not enjoying doing that. Well, then you need to discipline your flesh Amen. to the word. That's another word that some groups don't like is the word discipline. Oh, God drives them crazy. But there is discipline. Amen. Um, real quick, one more verse, uh, and then we'll be done. Mark, I just want you to see how God views that. 
And uh, we, we need to, um, I think we need to pay attention to those things. Even though, because of God's grace, I'm not afraid of getting leprosy. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't want to be on that side of God's personality. And so he, we know he doesn't like it. Whatever God doesn't like, we need to not like. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yes. All right. Mark 6. Um, and, um, Let me see where I want to go. Um, Yeah, okay, verse 1. He went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and um, Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Once again, taking a a, um, divine position, and bringing it down to the flesh. Because all the stuff that they're said is, 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 is flesh-connected things. Yes. Has nothing to do with him being the Messiah. Has nothing to do with him being the Son of God. It had to do, he's somebody's brother. Yes. Well, everybody's somebody's brother. That's right. Or sister or something. Son or daughter. Jesus said unto them, and it's interesting that they were offended. Who does he think he is? Too big for his britches. These are the kinds of things. Well, it says here is not, you know, that all the things that they said said they were offended. And I want you to look at what happens when offense rules and reigns. Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. That's sad, isn't it? He could there do no mighty work. Jesus could there do no. doesn't say he would not do it. He was mad. He wouldn't do it. He says he couldn't do it. Now, if that messes with your theology, write the Lord an email about it, because there it is in the Scripture. doesn't say he would there do no. It says he could there do no. He could there do no mighty work except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Meaning, and if you study this out in the Greek, it's meaning not very much wrong with them. Minor ailments. And he marveled because of their unbelief. What kind of unbelief was it? It wasn't just normal unbelief where... You know, you're overwhelmed by the circumstances. You're overwhelmed by the symptoms. You have some fear that would be understandable for anybody. He's not talking about that kind of unbelief. He's talking about unbelief in who he was and what God had put put on him to do. And that stopped his ministry cold 
on that day in that place. Think about that. And uh, so praise God, you know, we're not going to behave like that, are we? Amen. What we're going to do, and I hear Pastor Scarlett say it, so I can say it for her. She's She is co-pastoring this church with me because I invited her to. I invited her to. So if you don't like that factor, that she's also a co-pastor, also has authority over this church, over this property, over what happens here. If you don't like that, come talk to me about it. Don't take it out on her. Because I invited her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Secondly, as she says oftentimes, we need to pray for our pastor. So we need to pray for our pastor. (laughs) Amen. Pastor Scarlett and I covet your prayers. Covet your relationship. Covet your friendship. Amen. Um, But also keeping in mind that we have to protect this office that we stand in. Amen. Otherwise, we don't have a church. We've got some weird, uh, afflicted social club going. And, uh, you know, if you need to, if you need, if you know, if you need that, go join Arthur Murray or something. I don't know. And meet some people. But that's not what the church is about. The church is not about that. Um, it, it is about connections and it is about relationships. We often say we're family. Amen. But, um, the trouble with family, <laughs> there can be problems with family. How many know? <laughs> I often say, if you look up the word family in the dictionary, it should say, see dysfunction. You know, it shouldn't be that way, but it sometimes is. Anyway, praise God, we can walk in love. And each of us, including me, can uh, apply a layer of protection, uh, of correction. I didn't mean protection, correction. I might need protection after this message. (laughs) But I know a guy that knows a guy. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for the scripture that is a roadmap to success and gives us the answers. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for you here and pray for the uh, uh, folks that you are watching on live stream. If you have a sickness or disease, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. Amen. I think I've lost my wind. My my whole microphone fell down. Praise the Lord. But somehow I hope we got through. And um, I don't. I must have knocked it off. See, I need help too. Praise God. I'll just hold it. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for uh, touching lives today. Uh, I take authority in Jesus' name over all sickness and disease mental illness, every kind of attack of the enemy. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to wither and dry up and, 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 and be no, be in existence no more. In Jesus' name, be healed today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank God for those prayers being answered. Have a great week. See you Wednesday night. Pastor Scarlett will be teaching again. And uh, she'll uh, put the salve where I've ripped the ripped the, 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 the scab off in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen.